This call is being recorded. You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good evening, everybody. What will be your packed auto post-game edition of Locked On Browns? Uh, obviously, as always, pre- uh, appreciate the sponsorship of Packed Auto. Whether it's Google, whether it's Apple, go ahead and download the Packed Auto insurance app and make your size a little little extra money save some money if you're not always driving a car you don't necessarily always have to pay for the insurance so go ahead and check out the packed auto app jeff lloyd pete smith your local experts on all the stories cleveland browns wise for your daily delivery of all things dog pound pete uh beginning looked obviously extremely promising uh the problem quick synopsis is you need to put it together for 60 minutes you know a lot of missteps, you know, Baker getting ding, dinged up with a hit, what I don't really think had anything to you know do with that, the outcome of the game. The poorly managed drive right before the half. Uh, learn to use time in two scoring attempts. Just, it's there. The product is there. You see it. It's it, The problem now, Pete, is just whether or not they can put the final stages of it together um, you know, they did a great job with getting Odell involved. Uh, we had talked about spreading things out, letting Nick, Nick eat. That seemed to work, uh, getting some pressure on Russell Wilson, you know, uh, and then get one other aspect we talked about is don't get yourself into a position where it's a fourth quarter game against Russell Wilson, because he will win that match nine times out of 10. That's what his career shows. But you know, again, a lot of what the pregame transcended into here we are now in the postgame. Uh, yeah, I mean, the game comes down to turning the, turning the ball over four times and getting a punt blocked. Uh, the win rate for teams that block punts is somewhere in the 90 percentile. Um, that, you know, you, you just can't have that happen. Um, you turn the ball over four times. Uh, they, you know, the punt block gave a field goal. The interception in their red zone at the end of the half uh, swung the game around 10 points or so they uh they didn't kick the extra point but if the Broncos get a field goal there uh they would be up 23 to 12 at that point with the uh with the Seahawks having a shot at a drive with the you know at the end of the half um that's a massive swing it, it was the exact same swing that happened last week with Antonio Callaway's bobble a ball dropped effectively in the end zone should have been points to them scoring and putting the game out of the reach. And that's how quickly you can lose a game, but that didn't, you know, they, they didn't lose because of that. That was just one more missed opportunity and you shoot yourself enough times on the foot. Eventually you're going to lose. And that's what happened. And it's, it's in some ways impressive that it was only 32 to 28 because it didn't feel like it should. It should have been a lot more uh, lopsided than that. Um, I, you know, so much of this feels like a young team trying to figure themselves out, and they played against a contender that has a ton of reps uh, together in the postseason. Understands who they are and what they do. They have the best quarterback in the NFL. They have arguably the best receiver in the NFL. Uh, that combination, and. You know, they had every opportunity to win in and they lost. And that's the part that, you know, more or less left me frustrated is it's not because because the thing is, Baker Mayfield was great when he wasn't 
turning the ball over. And, uh, you know, obviously some of those turnovers weren't his fault. Um, but that's the bottom line. You can't turn over the ball when you're in the red zone. You can't, uh, you can't let the opponent off the hook like that. And uh, he, when, you know, he was, I think what's so frustrating is he was so good when he wasn't turning over the ball, turnovers just looked that much worse. And so much of it was irritating from the standpoint of, of Baker knows better. Uh, but like we said, we talked about it, stay out of the negative plays. The Browns didn't do that in the form of turnovers and the Seahawks largely did uh, save for the fumble. Uh, and, and that's how they won the game. Like, you know, I think the only reason they didn't win by more is because Pete Carroll was so conservative in certain respects. Um, and, you know, Russell Wilson, obviously, you know, he's uh, so better and savvy that, you know, balls will be thrown, even though there's another chance of completion. Let's just, all right, move on to the next. Obviously, a couple of plays where he'll just, you know, slide laterally and just essentially conceive, um, which is just intelligent in his part. But yeah, the offense, it, it, and this is the frustrating part is because pretty much everything was humming. Uh, congratulations to Ricky Seals-Jones. I don't know if there's any truth to the rumor. If you come on Lockdown Browns on Friday, you'll score on Sunday. But uh, hopefully we can get take a, uh, another swing at that one. Um, you finally got Odell the amount of work that he needed. Uh, look, I, I never like to bring up calls because, look, everybody deals with them. But, Pete, there were a couple of just odd scenarios with it today. The Jarvis Landry block, there, there actually felt like there were a couple of referees that were like, almost like tried to go out of their way to like let him know like hey I wouldn't have called that you can't call it I mean the, the defensive guy forced the conduct forced the contact Jarvis just basically dropped his shoulder in it's it's a terrible rule if nobody knows exactly what the meaning of the rule is it's a bad rule because it's impossible to officiate uh and and we dealt with this before with Greg because Robinson it becomes a judgment call it's what your intention intention was you, it, you cannot make a judgment call of intention. Yeah. I mean, that's certainly part of it, but I mean, the, the block they called was in the defender's chest. I mean, that's, that wasn't even like, you know, a blindside block in theory. It was just a crack block. Um, so, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's a bad rule. That was obviously a big call. Um, it went from third and short to third and 22. They ultimately had to punt the ball away. Um, there are certain things that just are very difficult to officiate. Um, they did get the, the horse collar, right? That is yep. the letter of the rule. You're not allowed to grab the nameplate. Uh, that, that in my opinion is a good rule. There are a lot of bad rules that blindside block being among them, but that was a good rule. Um, the DK Metcalf thing at the end of the game was sketchy, uh, and the bronze were out of challenges at that point, but, you know, the whole scenario, though, down there also when, you know, the Browns had the ball and didn't score at fourth and one, um, it almost seemed like whatever the video evidence was going to be, they were not going to change their call because it went on for about, you know, all right, well, come talk to us. All right, we don't like what you talked to us about. All right, well, let's set it up. Is a penalty on Seattle. Okay, here's this. Oh, wait a minute. We think Landry might have scored. At that point, they were not going to get the benefit of that doubt. Yeah, uh, I, I tend to agree. Um, they so much the this year seems to be the unwillingness to sort of you know overturn things, um, and that's a judgment call. So you're generally not going to get those anyway. Um, 
so yeah, I mean, there there were a lot of curious things in this game. Uh, a lot of people are blaming the coaching. I don't. Uh, I blame players for for this loss. Uh, they turned the ball over. Uh, you know, at no point are you coaching the the quarterback to throw the ball uh, to that backside uh, slant thing to Jarvis Landry, Jarvis Landry, which had no chance uh, with off balance, bad mechanics, those types of things. Um, I actually liked the job that Freddie Kitchens did in this one, uh, particularly in being aggressive on fourth down. I really liked going for it on fourth and seven in no man's land. I thought that set the tone for the game. Uh, I thought that gave them a ton of confidence. They made a great play. Uh, you know, believing in believing in their guys on that one. So, you know, there there are a lot of things that you can complain about, but I have very little issue with the with the coaching. Um, you know, if I, if I was going to complain about anything, it'd probably be that fourth and goal goal call. Uh, the guy, the you know, the commentators talked about this, not like you pull your lineman down there. Um, that says to me they don't trust uh, at least some of the guys up front. In mono a mono, exactly. Yeah, they don't trust him to get a yard. Um, you know, Eric Cush, Chris Hubbard. Chris Hubbard, just, he's not good. He's just not. He's almost getting to, to, to Desmond Harrison level of last year where it's all right. Now the penalties are killing us. It's not enough that we hope that you can be average on a play. You're showing up extremely negative in some really, really bad situations. And Baker barely could breathe. Uh, completed that ball, which should have been a second and inches at the 21, and you find out, you know, Hubbard committed yet another egregious penalty. Right. Um, the one I, I wish I could have seen a better view on was the one that we called a legal man downfield. Uh, that really seems hard to imagine that he was downfield considering how quickly the ball came out. You know, that – but but some of those other ones, you know, he, he, it's just he's not good enough. And I thought – you know, play calling wise and scheme wise, I like the approach with tempo. I like how fast the ball came out. It really negated a lot of what the Seahawks were trying to do uh, early in terms of the pass rush. I thought the way they played that fast early had that defense discombobulated. It took them a while to adjust to things. Um, I wish there was a little bit more pa- balance between run and pass. Yep. Um, I felt like they were at their best when it was sort of equal parts. And it really felt like, you know, the, y- y- you were getting gouged by one thing and you immediately turn and you got, it, it felt a lot like what the 49ers were doing to the Browns um, last week, except, you know, more of the quarterback being involved as opposed to just running the ball different ways. They didn't do some of the stuff they did that was, uh, you know, sort of, called cutesy and that type of stuff. It, it was just very good football for the most part. Um, and then the hip obviously played into it. The Seahawks did some adjusting that was, was good. Um, and, and the Browns, you know, a lot of the second half was getting their ass kicked up front. Um, you know, Nick Chubb had to go sideways a lot, um, which was really problematic. And, and obviously he's, he's great. I mean, he's, he's just tremendous as a runner in terms of the things he can do, the fumble sucked. Very unfortunate. Um, I, 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 I think the Seahawks did a really nice job recognizing and defending screens. Uh, I thought they may have gone to that well a few too many times. And on the play, he fumbled, uh, Ziggy Ansa recognized almost immediately. And then he comes, you know, he turns around, he's right on Chubb and then he's able to 
you know, come from behind, go full on chop on the ball and knock it out. You know, that didn't feel like a great, I mean, it's not an excuse to fumble the ball, but it just didn't feel like that he was in a great position on that. So, you know, I, you know, there's people talk about how, you know, he was out coached by Pete Carroll. I, I, I don't agree with that. In fact, I think it was the other way, but uh, again, you, you turn over the ball, you, you let the punt get blocked and you know, that you're asking to lose a game like that. That's, you can if if you just came out of this game without any other knowledge and you're saying and and somebody asked you you know what was the story of the game it was four turnovers and a punt block for the browns it was one turnover with the seahawks you'd say the browns lost that game every time and lo and behold they lost it's it's i guess you know their toughness isn't in question given how they played played and fought and had a chance to win but that's you know, that's a recipe to lose. Uh, I mean, you can't give away, you know, can't give away the store for free in any aspect of it. So there is that. Uh, and uh, the, the punt block, which is terrible. I mean, you know, Gillian's been had such a fantastic year. Even the, uh, I believe it was only the one, one punt he had. It was huge. But, you know, look, you can't get a gift like that opening kickoff return and kind of get almost the win on special teams and then have it given away on the punt block and great job by the defense where it only turned into three points when it most obviously was looking like it was going to be seven, possibly eight, but there's the offensive side of it. We'll get to the defensive side of it here in a bit on locked on Browns, Jeff Lloyd, Pete Smith. Today's locked on Browns. Your post game locked on Browns is sponsored by packed car insurance. Here's the question. I've always wondered why do you have to pay for your car insurance when you're not always necessarily using your car with packed, you can pause your car insurance, when you're not driving. That's right. You, through the Pact Auto Insurance app, you are able to pause your coverage for times when you're not using your vehicle. Pact is a top five ranked car, car auto insurance app available on Google, available obviously on Apple. Go ahead and check out Pact Auto, P A C T, I'm sorry, P A C T A U T O dot com. That's PactAuto.com. Download the app and start imagining the pausabilities. We appreciate them for the sponsorship of Locked on Browns. Pete, defensively, like the things we talked about, look, obviously the first Russell touchdown, this is stuff we talked about. You can't sleep on Russ and his legs at any time. That was an incident where it played out. But I don't think anything Seattle necessarily did offensively was nothing we didn't talk about and nothing we didn't say, hey, this could be part of it. Uh, obviously, you know, the wide receiver, you know, Jerron Moore, you know, couple TV passes, but even still, you were in this to the end. But the thing that probably caused me the most angst was this defensive line, Pete, didn't eat like they probably should have, again, with an offensive line without some guys out. Um, I would say the edge guys did a great job. I thought uh, Miles Garrett is phenomenal, and he's now tied for the league lead in sacks, and yet there are people who are still unsatisfied with with his play uh, Mitch Trubisky um, which is you know galling to say it the least I mean he dominated and uh, was just phenomenal he, he killed two drives um, among other things Olivier Vernon uh, you know gets on the stat sheet with the with the fumble uh, the forced fumble uh, but he was terrific in any number of other circumstances I think the interior is where you're having most of your issues, but even then, I don't think they were bad. 
I, I wish we would get more. Uh, you know, I, I want to see them get more out of that that particular duo than they are. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't. I, I mean, Russell Wilson is really good. I mean, that's that's part of the problem is he 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 does so much uh, that just makes it. You know, he kills your pass rush. I mean, and, and you saw it at times where Baker Mayfield looked like Russell Wilson. And there were times where you're sitting there going, wow, this is how good he can sort of be. Yep. He can get to this level. But, you know, I, again, I don't think the deep, I, I mean, I, I don't disagree with the idea that I would like to see the defensive line get more, but I just think Russell Wilson is just so good that he just it, it makes up for so many deficiency on that deficiencies on that front. And it was pretty, pretty impressive that the Browns were able to get him. And when they did, you know, they, 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 like I said, it killed drives, forced punts. Um, they, they, they made an impact. So I, I think Miles Garrett and Olivier Vernon are as advertised. You'd like to see more from other guys, uh, especially when they're down two starters. But yeah, Miles Garrett, good. And even that was the thing, though, Pete, because, uh, you know, obviously a lot of Browns fans and Twitter exploded and, throwing out the word soft and the stuff with Denzel Ward and Greedy Williams. But really, does any part of today or even the four games they've missed, you can't really pinpoint it on the fact that these guys haven't been there. The secondary, for the most part, it's done its job. It's held up pretty well. I think people don't get the underestimation of, you know, these other guys are good too. Yards, plays, points, they're going to happen. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, the, uh, I mean, the, the the defense um, really was on their heels early uh, in the same way the, the Seahawks defense was. They had no answer. Uh, they adjusted. They got better. Um, again, if not for turnovers, you're sitting there wondering, you know, how – you know, how, you know, if if they had to go down the field every time, you're wondering how much they would give them up. Obviously, before the half, you know, that's that's the stuff that just leaves you, you know, broken uh, to to you know turn over the ball and then have him just just waltz right down the field the way he did, march them down and score. But so many other times, especially in the second half, they really did a great job of sort of frustrating them. Uh, and, and and causing something, and then you know they made a few plays because Russell Wilson is just great. Um, so yeah, I mean he's on some level they're going to get theirs, and you have to be able to respond. And and on a, a few occasions the Browns did, Browns did. On others they they gave the ball up and and put themselves into position to lose. It's the tough part of it, and obviously you get to a point later in the second half now where you know Seattle's been on the field more. And you're asking these guys for everything. And after the last interception, and this is one thing that drove me nuts today, is, uh, oh, well, Odell's got to catch that one-handed on the back shoulder. Look, Odell's fantastic, but you can't expect those things to happen. Dontrell Hilliard, his was even probably more egregious because I don't want to hear it. Yes, first things first, I don't want the ball being thrown at Dontrell Hilliard in that spot. But you had two hands on it. So it's similar to the Callaway interception. You can't ask for perfect. The two with Odell, I mean, those were, you know, literally back shoulder, one-handed. But, you know, Baker, as good as he was, there were some inaccuracies. But you got to be smarter about it and just be more mindful of the freaking ball. 
Yeah, I mean, again, stay out of negative plays. I mean, the, the, that was a big theme. You, you know, you, you asked me the question, how does Baker Mayfield respond? And that's it. Stay out of the negative plays. And when he does, he's he, he can be as good as anybody. He was outstanding. Some of the throws he's able to make. Uh, I, I mean, there are some where people are going to look back and say they were inaccurate. They're behind. Uh, the chemistry with Odell Beckham is still a work in progress, a really frustrating work in progress. Yes. Uh, but But at the same time, you know, He's able to go down the field so damn fast. I mean, like they get the ball uh, on the 31-yard line and play action, boom, Ricky Seals-Jones in the corner. Like he's just able to do that. Um, some of the other throws they were able to make, uh, they aren't all great. The one to Beckham for the 41 yards was not – was late. He saw it late. He didn't get a great – seemed like a little off back, back, back foot or whatever, yeah. Yeah, he, he you know he saw saw it late, rushed it, and that's sort of what what tends to happen. But some of these other things, like early on, he was just ping, 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 ping. You know, got the ball out of his hands quickly, right where it needed to be. Uh, you know, some of the passes on those slants to Odell Beckham were right on the money and allowed him to get some yards after the catch, which was valuable. Um, there's it's a young team, and that's going to get better. And I think particularly the Beckham. Mayfield part, depending on the severity of the injury, I think it's a hit pointer, but we'll see. Um, especially in this bye week, I think they can get a lot better in terms of their chemistry. And traditionally, you know, this is the week, this two weeks. I'm not even so much worried about the Patriots. It's about, you know, you, you go into this and you, you say it's about us type thing. And they just need to get back. To, you know, they, they, they've clearly shown they can be very good. Um, they got to continue on that path, get better, continue building that chemistry, particularly between those two, because I think it's gotten dramatically improved with Jarvis Landry, uh, save for that slant that was not Landry's fault at all. Um, they're, 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 you know, when it comes to the running game, I think some of the stuff, Chubb is great. You don't have the five linemen you want. Uh, that, now, that it's a question, is that going to change in the bye week? You know, that may entirely be waiting for the offseason. I don't know. But as frustrating as this loss is, I'm encouraged overall because I wanted to see them deal with – I wanted to see what they would do with the pass rush that could could do some damage. And they largely either negated it or Mayfield did his best job in terms of navigating the pocket on some of these plays, extending plays – finding guys uh, in spots, a couple of key third downs. Obviously the scrambles were big. Uh, it was, you know, it was, it was really good. And then you obviously turn around and, and, you know, I was like most people, I was pissed when they, you know, through that awful interception at, at the half and, and certainly it allows you to raise questions, but at no point am I sitting here going, man, you know, I, I don't think you can do it. It's more along the question of, you know, stop making the, the mistakes you know better on and just continue doing what you're doing, uh, being smart while you're being aggressive. And when they did that and they had both sides of the bo- both aspects of the offense going, they looked fantastic and they did a lot of the things we talked about. I thought they did, I thought they looked really impressive when they spread uh, the yep. Seahawks out. They did more uh, when they were condensed than I thought they would, which was good. Uh, but it's it's still got to keep going, and that's not the end of the world. And two and four, as frustrating as it is, uh, was you know 
to be expected largely. Uh, and if they come out and they play well, even if they don't beat the Patriots uh, at, in Foxborough, you know, it'd be great if they could come out and, and, and take down that dragon uh, and get that big pelt for the wall coming out because that would breed a ton of confidence. And and I'm not saying they can't do that because the Patriots offense is just terrible right now. Uh, it, it's really a question of what, uh, what, what, the Browns offense can do against their defense, but you get a win like that, or you play well like that, you know, you build your confidence and then you roll into a lot of beatable opponents. You get continue to get better every week and they're going to be a, a, a remarkably different team, uh, you know, in the next couple months. Uh, and this isn't like trying to call a run here, but yeah, I mean, we we've talked about this ad nauseum where the first half of the schedule was. Um, and look, if we figured Tennessee for a win and maybe, you know what, the Raven game could have been one that you lost. Um, Pete, it, Pete, who, you know, everybody gives us a hard time to. Pete was the preacher of it could be two, two, and, two and four, and it could still be more than all right. Um, it sucks that, you know, there's ones where you were close enough that you should come out on the other end. Um, anybody wants to say maybe this could be four and two? Sure. There's no doubt about it. I'm not going to deny it, but this is where we're at. You know, obviously you get the bye week here. You're rolling in New England. Pete's going to hit with the blue true. Uh, the blue true will hit you with some parting shots as we continue here on your post game lockdown rounds. Right. So, you know, feeling blue after the loss, uh, you may want to turn to blue true. Uh, the folks that are trying to make your performance a little bit better. Maybe you don't drop the ball uh, and turn it over. Uh, by looking up the good folks at Blue Chew. Uh, Blue Chew, like the color blue, Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the FDA-approved active ingredients, the same as Viagra and Cialis. You know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Uh, they'll take care of you, make it easy for you uh, to get a prescription, discreet shipping, and all those things to get you taken care of and make it easy. Uh, plug in the Locked on uh, as the promo code to help you out on that front. Uh, get started and uh, hopefully you take care of the ball better than the Browns did today. Uh, because if you do, chances are you will win. Uh, yeah, I mean, hold on to the ball, hold on to your balls, use the Blue Chew to get everything performing correctly. Promo code locked on. Appreciate the folks over at Blue Chew for the sponsorship at Locked On Network. Pete, I have a whole, I mean, it's it's a great way to scrape yourself off the mat after getting your teeth knocked down your throat last week. Um, you kind of figured this would maybe be the way this one went. I was a little bit more positive. Now, with the two corners coming back, the offense, look, we know what it's going to be until November 24th. And I'll be honest with you guys, Ricky Seals-Jones has done a fantastic job. And it's I'm not going to say it's totally overcome the loss of David Njoku but he's giving you enough in that aspect. How do you manipulate this secondary going forward, Pete, when these two kids come back? Because it's not like Mitchell and Carrie are getting beat like a post. What do you manipulate here? What do you do? Is it time to maybe start thinking, and they did it a little bit today, or Darius Taylor on the field. How do you manipulate all this? And do you necessarily have to stick big nickel, even when you know it's obvious run situations with – in in Joe and Mac, the run fits aren't the best there is. So maybe you want to get a little bit better production against the run. 
I don't know, but there's going to be a lot more names in the fold here when they get to New England. Well, look, I mean, P.J. Carey was the primary slot coming into the season. He's been pressed into being a boundary corner, so he goes back to where he's more comfortable, and, you know, he's a good tackler. Um, whereas some of these guys have not been who've been in there. Um, and that, and first and foremost, they get more options. They get to, you know, play matchups how they want to play them as opposed to what they're forced to play. So that's a huge advantage. So example, you know, you have a guy like Tyler Lockett, Denzel Ward, you know, playing well is as, you know, that's the matchup you want to have happen, have. Um, some of these other ones, DK Metcalf, you, you probably want somebody with a little more size on them, uh, whether that's Terrence Mitchell, that's TJ Carey or whoever. And then Greedy Williams can deal with some of these other, other guys with speed as he continues to develop. It just allows you to, you know, choose how you want to play defense as opposed to being sort of forced to play a defense a certain way. And that's ultimately the biggest advantage. Uh, but, you know, the Browns right now are still carrying 12 defensive backs. Um, it'd be nice not to have to carry that many, and they could hopefully get some help <laughs> elsewhere. Um, you know, the safety in particular is flush with crap. Um, I don't know how that is going to get better. Um, I'm not loving any of them, and that's including the guy everybody insists they need to extend. Um, there, there are certain things that uh, the Browns, it, it, you know, getting those guys back, certainly enables them to put guys more in positions that are comfortable, which hopefully includes the safeties. Uh, but, you know, they may do some more things uh, in terms of having a guy like TJ Carey, maybe play the role of a safety, play four corners and one free safety, as opposed to rolling three safeties or something like that. In any case, it doesn't, the bottom line is options and that's good. Having more options in the secondary with talented players, hopefully put them in position to succeed so the Browns defense can play better. You just need to try maybe manipulate a little bit because now this is now almost a month now of what this Browns secondary has been. Look, Randall, we've talked about this. Not the guy I am going to write that check for. Uh, not the guy piece I can write the check for. Marius Randall is a good player, but it's – his role is not conducive to the salary that's coming to him. Granted, others didn't play as well today as others. And look, you know, I'll say Joe was out of a little, little bit of sync today. Um, He was part of the first Russell Wilson touchdown. We'll call a spade a spade. I have no problem doing that. Uh, It just hurts that you got up that much early and the offense kind of couldn't continue. And this may be part of it. And, you know, with clock management and the way things go in the NFL is, just you know, keep and keep getting out of keep yourself out of negative plays and keep trying to just matriculate the ball forward. You know, not everything's got to be huge, and it would have been huge if that was a field goal there at the end of the first half, as opposed to you know everything went down there and just and then the whole fourth fourth and goal scenario where you didn't get it and there was aggravation and pissed offness and Freddie Kitchens, I love you. You ain't got time for all these conversations with the officials. Uh, pick and choose your battles here. With that, it'd be a little bit more better with the time. With that, we're on to the bye week. We'll have a bunch of fun stuff for you planned this week as we roll into the week after. Uh, cruising into Patriot Week, and this is you know the ultimate you know 
metal test, so to speak. Pete, let everybody know uh, everything over at Browns, maybe everything you can find over there. Uh, yeah, I mean, we will uh, have a bunch of stuff out this week, going into the bye week, obviously, stuff evaluating this game, but there's certainly going to be things uh, talking about the bye week, uh, things that we hope, you know, I hope happen, things that uh, I'm curious to see if they change, those type those stuff. Um, so we will uh, keep going as as we see this. Again, I expect the Browns will be much better coming out in the second half, uh, but they have to go out and prove it. Um, and this is also one thing. Um, with roster manipulation here and you have the bye week, if anything was going to happen, this is probably the time of the scenario where it's going to happen where you maybe would shake things up. And I'm not talking about anything major, but uh, this team is void of linebackers. If they want to start playing more linebackers, they would need a linebacker here. Things of that nature. And look, they're going to have 12 defensive backs, which is a crazy, crazy amount. And why you have to sit Jannard every week in, week out. Yeah, so I got to talk about that one as well. Uh, Pete's work over, obviously, uh, through SI. Click on the Browns app. You get led to everything Browns Maven. Why is this going on over there? Follow Browns Maven on Twitter. Follow Pete at underscore Pete Smith underscore the show itself at Lockdown Browns, all lowercase. Uh, follow back account. DMs are always open. Me personally at F underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. DMs are open over there. Uh, look, tough one here, two and four. It is definitely not the end of the world. This team is capable of better than this two and four start. You know it. Pete knows it. I know it. We all know it. It's just a question about how they, you know, manipulate the situation from here, um, get more unified in their play calling, get more unified in their stance of who they are offensively, who they are defensively. And let's go. I mean, yeah, you're going to go to, obviously, Foxborough. 435 national game two weeks from today. And it's the ultimate measure of the man. But you, know, in a lot of ways, maybe it's a good thing because you need to see where this season is at. Are you going to go fight for it? Or is all this little nonsense and BS that isn't working out right now going to you know, sink the boat? Let's go get these guys together, get a better bye week, figure out what you want to do roster-wise here. This is the week to make any moves you got to make. With that, we put a bow on this. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound, uh, your packed auto post-game show of Lockdown Browns, LGB on the LOB. Let's go, Browns. <laughs>